first rider from Australia to win a freeride world tour. Welcome to Treasure Talks. Today I've got Michaela Davis-Mian, Australian snowboarder who took second place on the freeriding world tour. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So um, I'm going to hold my hands up straight away and say I haven't got a great understanding of snowboarding, but it's still something that just, I've, it's one of those sports, just uh, extreme sports, just like capture your attention, don't they? And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to learning yeah. quite a bit. So, so you're currently in um, Switzerland. What's the lockdown situation there at the minute? Um, yeah, way better than where I came from in Melbourne, Australia. Um, I know it's like living in our own little bubble up here. Like we still have to social distance and wear masks at the shops, but it, like we're all still riding and it's awesome. It's like having our own private resort because there's not many people here. So it's worked out well. <laughs> That's awesome. And you've got um, some events coming up, haven't you? You're about to compete in the free riding world tour, but I'm guessing that's been changed quite a bit due to the COVID situation as well. Yeah, so usually there's five events all up, but this year they've cancelled Japan and Canada just to take out some extra travelling. So it's just going to be a Euro tour this year. And at this point in time, there's only three events. So there'll be two events and then you'll get knocked out for the third final. So it's going to be tight. So I was watching through a few of the videos of you doing some of the, the runs, um, the different mountains and slopes. And to me, uh, like I say, it's just they're not sports to me, like extreme sports. And I've, I've not tried any, but what kind of mentality do you have to have? And do you get into the flow state? Because that's what, I, you know, when, I don't know if you've heard much about the flow state and just it's really being in the zone um, and losing track of time and just being present. Um, but it's always associated with like sports, like snowboarding. Do you, do you think that's, uh, do you experience that, the flow state? Yeah, I guess so. Like you just kind of get, um, I don't like addicted to the feeling of going big and being in the air and the powder and just like the whole run. And you, next time you just want to go bigger and better. And everyone is a little crazy. I think <laughs> like it's crazy what we do. I even think so, but the, just the fun of it outweighs that. So you're willing to go bigger, bigger and better. Yeah. Do you, at the time of it, do you, I can imagine whatever worries you've got that day, they have to be dropped because you have to think about every move. So is it, are you literally just in the present when you're riding? Yeah, pretty much. I don't really think of anything else. Like it's really peaceful, I guess, because you're just focused on riding down the mountain. It's kind of like surfing. That's the same um, thing applies to that when you're out in the ocean. You're just there for the wave. Here, you're just here for the turns, for the drops. Nothing else matters, which is awesome. So you just mentioned surfing. That's something I actually wanted to ask about because you're, if I'm right, you're the first Australian to get top place on the podium as well in Andorra. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Last year, first Aussie, which is super cool. And yeah, hoping to maybe this year make first Aussie world champ. <laughs> is it popular in Australia? Because it's just not something like snowboarding. I wouldn't think is and since like I thought that I've looked and there are some mountains that you can snowboard in Australia but is it a popular sport generally there? No like where I grew up Newcastle like there's a few towns where everyone goes to the snow um, but free riding is more 
like newer to the scene as well. Like a lot of people are just starting to do backcountry and split boarding, um, which is really cool because then maybe some more people will start getting into free ride and, and into the competitions. How did you get into it then? Did you, is it something that you did from, from early? Uh, I started uh, with Slopestar, which is like the jumps and rails. So I did that for many years. And then I was just out um, snowboarding with Aline Bock, who's a former world tour champion. And her oh, and my mum mentioned something about the free ride competitions. I'd, I'd never heard of them. So I was like, oh yeah, I'll give it a go. I ended up going to New Zealand and um, did my first ever comp and they put just the results up on the wall. And I'm like scrolling up. I'm like, oh man, they forgot about me. Like they haven't even put me on. And then I get to the top and I won it. So I won my first uh free ride event and then i just kind of was hooked from there and went from doing comp uh, slope style competitions and kept to free riding so i'm going to be asking a lot of questions around the technicalities of the different um different tours and the different the actual snowboarding itself so one, one question i had um because i'm into boxing and obviously a lot of the time i was thinking about like how you stand on the board and i don't know if it's anything the same in boxing, obviously, your less dominant side goes forward. What's the first, what foot do yeah, you lead with? Yeah, you put your most dominant leg at the back. Oh, so it's number one, especially when you're riding powder, like a lot of your weight is on your back leg. So usually when I get a massage or something, they know which is my back leg because it's a bit stronger than the other one. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I was wondering about that because of the, the balance. Is it something that come natural to you when you started? Um, oh, I can't remember. I started when I was about eight years old. All I remember from learning to snowboard is having a sore butt. <laughs> yeah, I need to give it a go for sure. <laughs> I've never tried it at all. So was it a regular thing for you when you was younger then just, um, I suppose you didn't think about it too much. It was just more fun. And then that's how it's led on to this today. You know, my parents just love skiing. So they used to take us, me and my brother a lot to the snow. Um, we didn't live particularly close either. It was about a seven hour drive because so, we grew up in a beach town. We think we'd go snowboarding, I mean, surfing, but yeah, we're just drawn to the snow. And at one point we went every weekend for a whole season doing the drive. Sometimes they'd take us out of school, like on a Friday. And so, yeah, just my parents' love for the snow kind of got me into it as well. Oh, that's so cool. Like, you think the amount you must have learned from, uh, from a kid from being young and um, a lot of lessons because you have to overcome a lot of barriers, I can imagine. Is there still fear today when you're about to do one of these big rides? Yeah, I'm always like scaring myself. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, that's part of the adrenaline rush when you can do it and get past that and then land is the best feeling. Um, but yeah, I, I try not, I don't really think of injuries. I just think, oh, that's like super big. Hope I can <laughs> nail it. But, yeah, I've had some bad injuries and they just kind of sit at the back of my mind. I don't really think of them. It's no good thinking of them when I'm out there. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine the, the sort of more challenging it is and the more nervous you are, it's more rewarding at the end as well, isn't it? If you overcome that. Yeah, well, that's why I really like competitions too. Like every year before I go into the competition, I'm like, I hate this. Why do I do this to myself? And then once you finish that run, it's just the biggest adrenaline hit and you just, you've done it all that, everything you've worked up to that in that one run. And then you get to the bottom, you're like, Oh, I want to go do it again. Yeah. I can only imagine it's, uh, it's not. So I've been watching, um, so I've been watching one of the runs in Andorra 
Um, if I can just pull that up and we can go through that, if you don't mind. I just want to yeah. love to know what was in your mind through some of this. Well, Andorra is going to be our first event this year. So that starts in, on the 20th of February. Oh, awesome. So I bet you've got some confidence for that. Although with that said, do you have to be careful not to get too comfortable with those events? Or is it always different each time you do, uh, even if it's the same Location. Yeah, well, the snow is usually always different. You know, maybe some cliffs you can hit this time that you couldn't last time or vice yeah. versa. Like, it just depends what the snow is doing. Um, usually when I was on the qualifying tour, I try and pick a different line each year and try not to do the same. But I don't know, maybe I'll pick some of the same ones, but just try and go bigger on the same thing. We'll see. That's awesome. Yeah. So what's going through your mind at that stage where you're just looking down and, and just getting yourself prepared? Yeah, just making sure my line's there and where I want to go. Um, basically, before I drop in, I just kind of, yeah, scope around the top and look where I'm going to and just visual, try and visualise every turn because we don't actually get to ride the course at all beforehand. So it's our very first time on it, first run. And just, yeah, you got to remember the features where you're going to turn left and right. That's madness. So you don't get to try all that before. This is your first time feeling it. That's madness That's to me. Time, yeah. So we, we arrive the day beforehand and we get a viewing day. So we just go and look at the course, kind of yeah, having some ideas of where we want to go. And then the next day, check it out again and then go hit it for the first time. So this part was in, impressive. So this was the winning run as well that we were talking about in Andorra. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, we actually got super lucky with this competition because for the whole weather week, it was just pure ice like there's no way we could have competed on it and then like the day before the last possible comp day it just dumped snow and we got powder so it was pretty awesome there's a few icy patches in there but most of it was pretty nice oh, that's brilliant do you ever get sometimes a bit of a shock with the weather from like terrain to also i was thinking visibility there's one that i was watching before and it's pretty much zero visibility and and before you know, someone who doesn't usually watch watch it, I was like, it's not something that would go through my mind when you say snowboarding, how bad the visibility is. Seems silly now, but yeah. Yeah, I've been in a couple of competitions where you literally can't see anything and you just do a big turn. You're like, ah, oh, I think there's something <laughs> here. Um, but then again, like that, you also get judged on going big, but also controlled. So in that kind of situation, they obviously don't want you to go as, big or as crazy as you can just in for safety reasons that's what i was going to ask as well is about the time because with it being free riding it's not about the time either is it like you don't get any extra score for reaching the finish faster or anything like that it's just literally technique is it yeah just overall impression so with your air technical difficulty you know fluidity um yeah and what tricks and just yeah your line and all that together and they add it up and obviously going fast helps too but it's not about the quickest yeah so you don't get um judged on the time but if it's more yeah. if it, it looks impressive the control you've got over that speed i'm guessing yeah okay that's brilliant um i wanted to talk about as well i know we just mentioned injuries uh if you don't mind because i always think about it as well going back to boxing and things like that you wouldn't ask a boxer if they're scared of getting ko'd and i bet you get asked all the time about injuries and that fear. Is that something you try and switch off or, or not? Um, 
yeah, I just don't really think about it. <laughs> Until someone like me asks about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have had two major injuries. Like uh, I broke my back in 2010. So that was a big one. And had spinal fusion and all that good stuff. Um, and I actually took a year off and then I tried, like I went and did a TAFE course, got a job. And about nine months into that, I was like, oh my God, what is this? This sucks. I'm going back. <laughs> so were you debating at that point of just giving it up for good? I thought about it. I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do it. Like, cause I had a walker, you know, for like six weeks and had to kind of reload the walk a little bit. And it was just a long year. Um, but then, yeah, once it healed up and I got back to it, there was no way I wasn't going back. <laughs> Yeah, I bet you couldn't even imagine being on the slopes when you're in that much pain. You know, initially when you're, you know, it's the last yeah, thing on your well, mind. Yeah, I think everyone who gets injured at the snow heals quicker because they try really hard to get back to being back on the snow. It's like an incentive because everyone just wants to go back straight away, which is crazy, but... And what was the recovery like then? What did you have to do and um, and then how long... Was it literally just the year and then you decided, right, I'm, I'm going back into it? Because that's, that's a real quick turnaround. Yeah, well, I came back and I just kind of cruised at the start and went around the jumps. But as I eased back into it, um, I think taking a few hits, like hard hits and realising that it's okay, that kind of gets you back to, all right, I've got this. Um, that kind of happened. My latest injury was my ACL uh, reconstruction. And my yeah. first day back on the snow over this way in Europe, I landed flat, like on this jump and my binding exploded into three pieces. I just grabbed my knee and I was like, oh, actually nothing hurts. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm back. I can go back to it. And then yeah, I just yeah, stopped thinking of it. <laughs> because often after an ACL injury as well, your knee's usually stronger, isn't it? After the surgery, I think, isn't it? Yeah, well... It is with the rehab at least because I yeah. did do so much. And then I think my bad leg is stronger than my good one. Oh, okay. Now, yeah. You mentioned about, you know, getting a job. And for me, I don't like, I don't like having a bus and I don't like the nine till five. And I don't know, I just think with the kind of things you're doing, and I've seen that you're always up to other adventures as well um, through socials and stuff. Are you a nine till five person? Can you see yourself ever being that? I couldn't do it. Even even after snowboarding, I'm going to have to find something that doesn't involve that. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. And obviously you're traveling a lot as well then. If you're in Switzerland now, mm -hmm. um, I'm sure you want to keep doing that. Yeah, travel a lot. That's living the dream at the moment. Just see how long I can keep it lasting. And just keep it going forever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and you're sponsored by the North Face as well, aren't you? Yep. So do these sponsors help you do it um, as a living? So you can Yeah, they help it. a little bit. Um, obviously, snow, and especially in Australia, isn't a huge market. So there's not a lot of money in the sport anyway. But yeah, my sponsors, I've got 12 Board Store, which is a shop in Melbourne, and NFPD brand, um, and some God goggles. They all help a lot. But, and, and prize money helps, but usually I have a bar job as well back in Australia in the off season, just working and saving so I can come and do these three month long trips of snowboarding. 
Yeah, because obviously, I don't. Are you um, close to like the, those mountains we talked about in Australia, so you can practice back at home or not? Um, yeah, sometimes I just go for the season, or lately I've just been going for you know a few weeks here and there, just so I can work in the off season. But um, last year, being on world tour and winning a few comps helped out a lot. I didn't have to work as much, which is awesome. A lot, to, a lot to hear that when because obviously you're getting the prizes and the money from that as well then is that why yeah prize money from that but yeah it's tough because like we don't get any government money or anything like that either so just kind of doing yeah. it all myself and making it work it's worth yeah. the lifestyle <laughs> exactly that's what it's all about isn't it because obviously if you calculate the hours that you're putting in you won't be paid much but it's all about the passion and the lifestyle isn't it yeah exactly i don't think anyone does it for the money yeah but it does it is nice bonus <laughs> so with being in australia i was thinking about you know when people are practicing to cycle they've got like turbo trainers so they can do it um from home and they also simulate the different um trails so what do you do you do for snowboarding can you get that same simulation somewhere else through um i don't know is the places that you can snowboard or skate do you skateboard would that be any any sort of consolation yeah it's pretty hard most of it's just keeping strong ideally just mostly legs and abs to take those drops um so yeah i just do weights and some strongman training yeah, so you you do some training some pt training and things like that yeah and then surfing too is really good um and i did also some boxing I did one of those like 10 week challenges where you have like a fight right at the end. That was really fun. And you don't realize how fit boxes are until you do that. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a good experience, isn't it? I've done the the same as well um, where you do like a camp and then yeah. see how you get on to get the experience. How was that? And how was it compared to what you experience from uh, snowboarding? I think I was actually more nervous for the fight than I was for a snowboard competition. <laughs> like, just because all oh, the nerves, the adrenaline was going so much. And um, yeah, it was really fun. I ended up winning by TKO. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Did you pick up the skills quite quick with that? I can imagine there's a lot of things that translate from stance to also knowing the, um, know, you know, knowing how to handle your nerves. Yeah. And it's good too for like, quick reflexes because like we need that um when we're free riding because maybe we come up to a line where we we're gonna jump off but it's maybe there's rocks covering it and you gotta kind of think on your toes and think quick where you're gonna go and see where your line goes to i love things like that like just seeing what different sports involve like that's why i can never decide on one sport i'm always trying one thing and trying the other because i just like the insight into it and what it's all about and and you often find that don't you they translate over they have their similarities yeah for sure i've even tried um i've just got my paragliding license last year too oh, no. <laughs> we went for a fly here the other day just, yeah i just love anything like action and outdoors i mean so I, I saw that some paragliding um videos and i've never thought about wanting to do it but i, I want to but the, it terrifies me the thought of it as well but that's sort of the enjoyment yeah exactly yeah, that would be brilliant. Are you a bit of an adrenaline junkie? I think that you hear that term thrown around all the time and you think it makes it sound like it's an illness, doesn't it? Adrenaline junkie. But it's just about putting yourself in those uncomfortable situations and getting through them. 
that's what's amazing about extreme sports yeah i love it like i've got my road bike back home as well i just did a, a big camping road trip but i love riding through you know like those windy roads and get, i got real low and like scraped my pedal a little bit you get that little adrenaline hit <laughs> i love it <laughs> just like yeah. that's so close to something going super terribly wrong but coming out of it so you like to just stay on that fine line of um danger <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what that's what i always wonder as well with the mentality of um with people who do these kind of sports you have to be made a little bit differently you have to be that focused and that and not not scared to challenge yourself don't you yeah well i definitely still scare myself but i just push through and do it anyway <laughs> <laughs> do you uh visualize when you're you know you're thinking of an event you've got one coming up in february have you already sat and visualized the line that you're going to take? And no, because once again, like if the snow is different, like it could be totally different line. Um, but visualization, actually, that's what's like got me through, I think, to the world tour. Um, I just randomly saw this rock climbing fest, uh, film fest in Innsbruck a couple of years back and watched this one guy, I can't remember his name, he's like one of the top rock climbers. And he, he would just like get on his back and full practice like he's doing the rock climbing phase and he gets really into it as well I was like, is oh, that man. alex honnold is that yeah i think i think that's who it was um so yeah i was like oh, i'll try and transfer that to my snowboarding because i would get lost all the time and you just end up you're like oh, i don't think this is where i should be um and then i started doing that like just watching my line i would shut my eyes and pretend i'm actually doing the run like okay i go left around this tree turn right there and I just started finding my line every time, which was awesome and, and made to the world tour. So yeah, just visualizing the day before that night and in the morning is when I do it. That's fascinating that you, that you think it through like that. And to touch on the way we brought that up then, is it hard to not visualize too much? Because if you put too much stock in it being a certain line or a certain feel, and then it's not, I guess, you, all of a sudden you'll be shocked if you visualize too much and get too comfortable is that a potential problem um maybe i don't like to like think about it too much and like stress too much on it because yeah, yeah maybe you overthink it but just enough so that i know where my turns are and just like visualizing landing a drop i think helps as well yeah that makes sense is it a lonely sport you know once you once you start that line and like you said about getting lost, does it feel a bit lonely then or, or not? Because it's a very individual sport in that sense, isn't it? Yeah, no, I don't think it feels lonely at all. It's awesome feeling. And then you've got everyone else there on the same stoke because they've just gone through the same thing. So it's even, if anything, I find like snowboarding's team sport. Like I have my best days out when I'm riding with crew and I ride the best when you're just having fun and trying new things. Okay, yeah, because I, was, I wanted to ask about that as well, actually. Um, you see in free running that they're not as they're competitive, but it's like yourself against yourself and the others are just pushing your boundaries by, you know, yeah. one takes it the next notch and then you try and push, but it's more against yourself. Is, it like, is that the kind of atmosphere in free riding as well? You're just pushing each other and it's not too competitive. Yeah, it's just like that. Like, I love the vibes of free riding. You get there, it's just kind of one big family. You're all traveling to each event and being at the same place every time. And 
because it is such a dangerous sport. Like everyone wants you to do well, but they just want to do better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So everyone and like you finish your run and everyone's waiting at the bottom and cheering each other on. So it's awesome. I'm friends with all the girls. They're really nice. And, but on game day, you know, everyone's like in their bubble, but as soon as it's done, the after party's awesome. <laughs> Where do you stay then? Do you stay somewhere near? Because I saw some footage of you camping as well and then doing the trails. Um, they usually just put us up in hotels at the resorts. And then in between that, most of the people are European, so they just go back to a base where they live for the season and then go from comp to comp. But because I'm coming all the way from Australia, usually I just hire a car and just go wherever in between, see who I meet or who's over here. But this year I'm in Nanda, Switzerland, just crashing at a friend's house in between comps which is nice too that's awesome and you've got so you've got switzerland and andorra where else are you this year i think you mentioned it at the start um you've got the three different mountains yeah so it goes andorra Bieberbrunn, which is austria and then the finals are in verbia which is back where what other countries have you been off the back of this sport Oh, lots of places. Been traveling in the States and Canada, Japan. But the coolest place snowboarding's ever taken me was Iran. We went to Iran a few years back to snowboard and it was incredible. I want to go back. I wouldn't have even thought of Iran in that in that mix either. It's it's yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I'd love to see that as well. Um amazing. So when when these runs are over. What do you do for recovery? We talked about strength training and and um, how to sort of stay active when you're not snowboarding. But what do you do after? Is there a lot of recovery and do you look into your nutrition or anything like that as well? Um, yeah, a little bit. Like I eat pretty well. I don't follow a strict diet or anything like that. But yeah, I guess just keep snowboarding until the season's done. And then once I'm back home, just get into the off-season training and just trying to get as strong as I can, ready for the next year. Yeah, that makes sense as well. Um, do you do a lot of prep in terms of, like, what's your... Have you got rituals and things like that when you're literally on the week, the day of the competition? What are your rituals or have you got any little secrets like that? <laughs> uh, not really. I just, I think for me, not thinking about it too much the night before helps. Like I, I do it on the day and I process it all. And then I just kind of switch it off for the rest of the night, just so I'm not stressing or worrying about anything. And then I get another fresh look at the face the next day um, and kind of just double check my line. But yeah, apart from that, just another day really. Yeah, I'm guessing you arrived there a little bit before in the in the country and uh, nearby, and then do you have to go up nice and early in the morning, um, the same day? Yeah, usually get in like a day before, and then you'll have a day of just being out of view the face. So we just look at it. And you can look at it as long as you like, um, and then the next day is comp day. Okay. Um, Quick. Okay, that's cool. Um, what would you say to people who are thinking about potentially going into a sport like this one? Would you have any advice for people? Ooh, just do it. You just got to go get out it. there and find some 
some people think of excuses or like, oh, I'm not good enough. But what I, I love about free riding as well is that like you can make it as easy or as hard as you want. Like you could pick a fun, you know, powder line, just kind of going straight through the middle. Or if you're feeling on that day, you might want to take a bigger cliff or drop. So it's up to how you're feeling on the day as well, how hard you want to go. It's but yeah, sound, give it, a go. <laughs> it sounds like you really have to go for it as well to even start though. Just the thought of going down any sort of slope when you've got no experience. I'm guessing you just start really small, like you say, and then gradually build the slope. So. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the um, World Surf Tour, I think. Like, they have the qualifying tour and they have, like, one-star events, which are the kind of easier faces that anyone can get into. And then to get into the higher ones, like, you've got to qualify for those, like, get some points up. And then you can do two-star, three-star, and then four-star. So they don't throw you straight into the big ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and as soon as you said about the excuses, I was thinking of myself there. I was already thinking it's not something that comes natural to me. You know, we've, uh, I've never tried skiing or snowboarding. I don't think actually, but yeah, just can't imagine it coming natural. I've never wow. tried, I've tried a bit of skateboarding. I wasn't great at that. <laughs> well, snowboarding might be a thing then. <laughs> I'll have to give it a go. Yeah. So what does your general week look like when you're training? Are you on them slopes like every day? You know, now you're you're in Switzerland now. So, yeah, if you could talk us through, like, the prep for this February. Um, yeah, so well, I arrived maybe three weeks ago and just the plan was just be on snow as much as I can. You know, kind of the first week, like, felt a bit like Bambi. My legs weren't working. And I was like, what is this out of snowboard? <laughs> um, but, yeah, now my legs are coming too. Because I've had about a year off now since the whole lockdown and everything. But I'm starting to feel back to normal on the board. And, yeah, I'm just starting to practice hitting drops and picking lines and just being on snow as much as I can leading up to it. Well, do you think the lockdown will impact the sport big time because of this time off, not for just you individually, but as a sport, as a whole? Yeah, I'm not sure what will happen with it. It's, um, I think every industry will take a bit of a hit. So yeah. hopefully we push through yeah. and keep it going. Yeah, because we're not we're yet to see the kind of just to run it. Like they're putting in a lot of effort, which is awesome. Yeah, that's it's good to see the sports that are still going because um we are yet to see the impact of a lot of you know, the knock on effects of these these uh sports. mostly at the grassroots for a lot of it, you know, like for the people who are starting off more than, than the pros, I think. Yeah, for sure. It'll be tough, especially people wanting to go overseas this year. They're missing out. Well, we missed our Australian season and this season, so. Yeah. What's your, what's your plan then for future goals in terms of snowboarding? And once you get these, obviously you've got um, the events coming up. Um, have you got any, any goals after that? And yeah, to keep advancing. Um, yeah, my main goals at the moment and focus is just trying to yeah, make world champion and win the world tour. Um, and then I hope I can stay on it for the next few years. That's the plan. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind getting into some, maybe some filming, doing some trips. I wouldn't mind going to Alaska or somewhere to do some big power lines and yeah, it's better my snowboarding and keep doing what I love. Yeah. So you, you have got a YouTube as well, haven't you? And you've been recording some of the trips. 
Some of it, yeah. I actually did a, my diploma in film and television during lockdown. So I wouldn't mind getting into trying to edit a bit more. And it definitely helps with my snowboarding because it's so hard to, you know, get a filmer or someone if your friends want to film because everyone just wants to ride. So, yeah, it'd be cool to do some of that. How would you record then? It would all be uh, just from a GoPro footage, do you think? I'm guessing. Yeah, probably. I'd have to get someone else to help film, but I could put it together. Yeah, so that's all. Yeah, I'll film at home, but when I'm at the snow, someone can film me. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. So you did that in lockdown as well, just uh, keep yourself busy. Yeah, because we were in the harsh one. We were locked down for like 115 days or something. Crazy. So, yeah, I did my diploma and gave me something to do. Kept me busy and sane. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, I forgot in Australia, obviously, it was a lot more strict, wasn't it, um, when the lockdown came in? Um, but yeah, so what are you, when are you going back to Australia now? Well, the plan is to go back just after the last comp in March. Um, I'm actually going to get back for my brother's wedding, but to do that is going to be tight because there'll be our competition, then I have to get home to quarantine for two weeks. And then the wedding's on, but my flight home's already been cancelled, so we'll see what happens. I might live here now. <laughs> yeah, I think it's hard to plan anything, isn't it, at the minute? So that, that's why I think it's yeah. awesome that they've kept these events going, even with having to compromise a little bit to keep them running and keep you guys busy doing what you love. Yeah, it's going to be a very different season this year, like no after parties or social gatherings or. You just kind of go do the comp. I've got a lot of COVID safety precautions in place. So be a bit different, but hopefully the snow is good. Yeah, that must be difficult for you, though. Not being, You mentioned there's Europeans mostly at these tournaments. So it's a bit easier for those to go home, isn't it? Yeah, they can leave. It's, there's been, I think some people aren't coming over, like from New Zealand, just because of, how hard it is and like for the quarantine back home that costs three thousand dollars out of our pocket that we have to pay so we've got to get there come over and then go home and yeah it's a big mission for sure yeah it sounds it yeah i did hear that as well with the hotels um when you get so you're going back for your brother's wedding i can imagine this conversation we're having now you've had a hundred times with people because you know most people are doing their usual office job and things like that, but you've, you've something that stands out that everyone wants to know about, I can imagine. How do people treat it when they find out yeah. what you do? Um, yeah, some, they're just scrubbing, stoked about it and just want to know, uh, yeah, I guess, mostly how I got into it from Newcastle and Australia, especially when I come over here and a lot of the people are asking, wait, do you even have snow in Australia? So that's pretty <laughs> yeah. funny. <laughs> it's literally yeah. the first thing I thought of as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, we got some snow. <laughs> yeah. So it's quite inspiring though, isn't it? Like you're out there chasing your passion. Would you have any advice to anybody, not just doing snowboarding, but like anything that they want to go for and grab and maybe compare it to, to the way you did it? Yeah, I guess, um, Again, just like, just do it. Like I get so many people telling me how lucky I am and I'm like, why, why don't you go? And they're like, oh no, I've got my job and you know, and 
I've got to pay for this. And like, anyone can do it. Like, you've just got to take that leap and, you know, save up and just go make it happen. Like I, yeah. I had, at one time, like I was working three jobs for a while back in Australia, just so I can have this time off as well. That can yeah. be done. Yeah, it's well worth it, isn't it? When you're doing something you you love. Yeah, it's well worth taking, making those sacrifices before. And I've done it myself, but I've also done been on the other side of that coin where I do make the excuses. And as soon as I hear you say it, I think, yeah, I'm, sometimes we put obstacles there, don't we? Yeah, and they're not even like obstacles. Like you can go around them. You just kind of make excuses for yourself or if it's too hard or something. But yeah, it's definitely worth it. Like I almost actually didn't come over here. I mean, it's a bit different with the pandemic and everything, but I'm so glad that I made it happen and, you know, filled out all the forms and did it because it's so worth being back over. Love it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I can only imagine that feeling as well. And you sacrifice all that, you, you put that in and then you got that podium spot as well. Um, second, is that your biggest achievement so far as well in snowboarding? That's uh, second place in the um, FWT, is that right? Yeah, it's so, for sure. Like just making the world tour has, has been my biggest one, I think. Um, in the big leagues now. Yeah. What's your most memorable experience? Is that it as well? Or have you got any others? Um, maybe when you first broke into that, those big leagues, was that a, a major memory? Yeah, probably. Well, I started my first big event when I was, I think I was about 17. It was the World Rookie Fest. So I won that one um, when I was younger and that was pretty major for me at that time. And that kind of kicked off travelling Europe and finding competitions to do and um, that was my first year doing that which was awesome and yeah just making the world tour was a great experience I remember we were hiking up for another event um there was one more left meant to be left but it got cancelled which means that they did the current rankings and I was on top so someone came down they're like comps cancelled you're on the tour and I didn't quite register I was like nah I don't know I'll wait till I hear it from an official first and then everyone's coming down like, yeah, you're on it. And that was just, yeah, awesome feeling. Yeah, I can imagine the feeling of that. That must be unreal. Yeah. Everything you've worked for and then getting there. That's uh, amazing. What, what else do you do if you uh, we're talking about the adrenaline that you get from this? Do you find it hard to find other things to enjoy or do you just keep, you say you've got your motorbike and you also like traveling and camping. I love getting it from other places too. Like I love my snowboarding, but I love like having a bit of summer and surfing and yeah, riding my bike and doing all of that as well. Like as much as I love doing back-to-back -back seasons, I still need that break to do other things. Yeah. Yeah. To sort of take your mind off that a little bit as well. Yeah. So you're not just constantly on it. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I think I've asked everything that I wanted to and it's like a, a great insight into something that I'm not familiar with as well. And um, yeah, it's inspiring to have to, to just have that attitude to push on and, you know, take away the obstacles, like we said. Yeah. Um, but I look forward to seeing how you get on in these upcoming events as well. Um, yeah, I'll follow your progress. Where can people follow you? Yeah, just on my Instagram or Facebook, it's just my full name, Michaela Davis Mann. Um, yeah, and check out the Free Ride World Tour. 
that's coming up soon. And they usually do a live broadcast of it. So you can watch it online, stream it live. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, I'll have a look at that for sure. That's just on their site as well then to watch yeah. it. Perfect. I'll have to have a watch of that. But thanks for coming on. It's been, uh, it's been fun. And like I say, I enjoyed watching it. And hopefully I'll get to see your edits as well, your video edits on your channel. Yeah, for sure. I'll keep posting them up. And you have to come snowboarding sometime. Yeah, I'll have to give it a go. <laughs> not, not make excuses. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. All right, cheers.